God bless you all. Everybody, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's April 19th, 2022. And today is my last day in studio for a little bit because I am heading out on tour tonight. That's right. I'm going to be in West Palm Beach with Donald Trump Jr. tonight. There's a couple tickets left. I'm told about 15 tickets left. If you want to join us tonight in West Palm Beach, we are in Clearwater, Florida tomorrow with Benny Johnson. That's the Tampa area. Then I'm heading over to Raleigh, North Carolina with Andrew Clavin of the Daily Wire. Then the Willy Wonka of politics, uh, Michael Malice will be joining me in Atlanta, Georgia. Yanmi Park will be joining me in Chicago. Glenn Beck of the Blaze will be joining me in Dallas. Megan McCain, formerly of The View, the woman had to sit next to Whoopi Goldberg for two years. God help her at the Miracle Theater in Washington, D.C. Uh, my good friend, Megan Kelly in West Nyack, New York. Dennis Prager, in uh, Brea, California, Larry Elder in Oxnard, California, uh, Douglas Murray in San Jose, California, Blake Masters and Charlie Kirk in Phoenix, Arizona, Brian Callen in Denver, and then June 2nd, a very special guest who I cannot say who it is, but trust me, you wanna buy tickets. It's a massive theater, about a thousand people in Orlando, Florida. Are you following me? What's going on here? June 2nd, get tickets to that show. If you have tickets already, because we had to move the date, uh, your tickets are all legit. You probably got an email about it. It's all good, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I'm seriously looking forward to getting out and, uh, and meeting you guys and giving the one second hug and all that good stuff. And of course, you can get tickets if you have not already at daverubin.com slash events. And as I said yesterday, if, if you're struggling financially with all this craziness in the world, if you're a member of the, the military or something like just contact us. Let me, let me see what we can do. I'll try to help as many people as possible. Uh, all right. So because this is my last show in studio for quite some time, I want to continue the theme that we have been building. And I think, dare I say that we've really hit on something here. As you know, last week I announced that we are now in a post woke world. I think that this Elon Musk thing, the individual fighting the system is going to start a series of cascading events that will lead us to a post-woke world. It is not that the woke world will go away. They have destroyed a lot and they are going to continue destroying a lot. But I think the avenues off for the rest of us are starting to present themselves in many, many ways. Uh, oh, and by the way, as I'm about to go on tour and have a whole bunch of flights that I'm about to take, uh, we will be covering it momentarily, but the federal mask mandate on planes is gone. And you know why it's gone? Because one freaking judge from Tampa, Florida, and we are going to go to the courthouse tomorrow and take a picture. And I'm going to try to say hi to this guy if possible. The judges just hang out. I don't know where judges hang out. I feel like they're always in like a very stuffy room, you know, drinking whiskey or something, but I am going to go take a picture at the courthouse because one man decided to say no more. And then suddenly everyone's ripping off the masks. So we've got videos of that. It's like we all participated in this sheer lunacy. And that's what I mean about the individual versus the machine. Elon Musk is one man. This federal judge is one man. I am one man. You are one man or woman. I'm not a biologist. What do I know? 
but we can beat this thing and that is the plan. And I'm gonna lay out some other ways we can beat it over the course of the next half hour. Before though, I get to any of that, I am very excited to share this new sponsor with you. We just got this incredible box, just showed up at our house the other day. Look at these beautiful knives. I gotta show you one before I start talking about it. Let me not chop my head off. I mean, look at these gorgeous Japanese steel knives. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to up your kitchen knife game using Kamikoto knives. Using traditional techniques, Kamikoto crafts beautiful knives using steel sourced from Japan. Each blade is made with techniques that have been honed and perfected by generations of knife smiths. They come in a beautiful heavy duty ash wood box. Look at that right there. And every blade is individually inspected and comes with a lifetime guarantee. Because of their single bevel edge, Kamikoto knives can achieve a wickedly sharp edge, the kind you just can't get with other knives. These are cut through your ribeye like butter sharp. Kamikoto knives are used by several chefs working at Michelin star restaurants around the world. They make amazing gifts that come in beautiful boxes. You can maintain each knife's edge with one of Kamikoto's sharpening whetstones. And like I said, they're so confident in their product that each and every knife comes with a lifetime guarantee. If you go ahead and buy now, Kamikoto is offering uh, an extra $50 off site-wide on top of their special offers. Go to kamikoto.com and use the code Ruben for an extra 50 bucks. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash Ruben. Kamikoto slash Ruben. And uh, get yourself some knives. I mean, look how freaking gorgeous these things are. Like, this is truly, look at this beauty. Look at this thing. Like, come on, man. That is a beautiful piece of steel right there. I may have to bring this on tour. Well, actually, now that they got rid of the mask mandate on planes, I guess I don't need to bring knives anymore. All right. So here's what we're gonna show you. Because I believe we are starting to enter this po post-woke world, two things are gonna start becoming obvious. The old system, as I said, it's not gonna completely go away. Of course it's not. And it's gonna, it's gonna lash out in all sorts of weird and crazy ways, but we will start building some new things. But I don't think these people are sending their best to the best. And that Biden video that we showed you up top, I mean, the guy's shaking hands with an imaginary friend. He has no idea where he is. And it is starting to become obvious to the point that his, uh, his approval ratings are just tanking beyond belief. We've got some video here from Fox News. And John, the first one of those polls that you mentioned looks at the president's overall approval rating, and it is down, all the way down to 33%, according to uh, Quinnipiac, and that has more than half the adults polled, 54% disapproving. That is, as Republican critics say, the reason for this is the I word, inflation. If you look at his approval numbers, they're, uh, they're quite low. Uh, and here in Iowa, everyone's feeling the pinch of inflation. They're feeling the pinch of, uh, you know, empty store shelves, uh, not having goods, whether it's in our manufacturing sector or agricultural sector, even our healthcare sector. There's another new poll by Gallup that finds the president in real trouble with young voters. He is tanking with Generation Z. That's people born between 97 and 04. They are giving him a 60%. Uh, they gave him a 60% approval when he came to the White House last year. Now he's all the way down to 39%. That is down 21 points. Okay, so the numbers are absolutely cratering and they should be cratering. Now, I, although I am Gen Z, 45 years old, I'm right smack dab in the middle of Gen Z. And it's very unfortunate actually that Gen Z hasn't taken over yet. I think you're about to see perhaps Gen Z taking over, right? Elon Musk, Gen Z, we're starting to see the people who are supposed to be in charge right now. Gen Z, if you're late 30s 
to say early 50s, you're young enough, but have a little world behind you. You're strong, you're focused, you're ready to fight the world still. You have experience and all of those things. Uh, you should be in charge right now. Like that's the group, the age of people that should be in charge. And these people, whether it is Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or some of these other octogenarians, they should be stepping aside, right? Uh, they should be stepping aside. Sorry, I'm talking about Gen X. I am Gen X, not Gen Z. I got a lot of things flashing in front of me today. We're really trying to pack in a show on my last day here. Um, so Gen X should be in charge right now. Gen Z right behind us, they should be in charge pretty freaking soon. That, that basically is the point there. And that everyone is now seeing that this Biden thing ain't working. But Joe Biden did uh, give a little talk to the, to the good people, the good Americans over on Easter Sunday. And then he got interrupted by his chief of staff. What is going on here, people? The guy dressed as the bunny just ushered Joe Biden away from the people. Who is that man in the bunny? And who gave him the authority to tell the president to walk away as opposed to an aide just walking up to him? Like, what is really going on here? And then the constant, just like the shaking of the hand, the imaginary hand, and then not knowing where he is, just this constant befuddled thing. But the point is, and the reason I'm showing this is actually not to mock him today. It's to show you that the thing ain't working and people can see it. So the proof is in the pudding. When you see millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, when you see those numbers just absolutely dumping out, it's because whether the administration wants you to see it or not, whether the mainstream media wants you to see it or not, people can see it. And it's like, this thing ain't working. Putting aside inflation and supply chain and all of those other things, it's also like, oh, the guy's shaking hands with an imaginary friend. We got a problem on our hand. And you know we got a problem in our hand when even MSNBC, the mental institution known as MSNBC, they're acknowledging the disaster. Inflation's soaring, and it's at a pace we haven't seen in nearly two generations. And as costs continue to rise, the president has seen his standing in the polls continue to decline. A new CNBC survey out this morning, uh, conducted by the same two polling firms that do the NBC News poll, have President Biden's job approval rating at a lackluster 38%. It's down three points since their December survey, 15 points underwater. That's down two points from our survey. Again, same two polling firms, DNR polling firms that we use, uh, do this work for CNBC as well. When you look deeper into this poll, it sure looks like inflation and the overall economic attitudes are just driving those numbers. 48% say that the cost of living is the most important issue facing America right now. It's by far the top issue. And more than any other age group, You've been hearing about these problems with Biden, with young voters. Voters under 35, this important part of the Biden coalition, say this is the most important issue, and it's ahead of everybody. And, and these folks think the economy is in worse shape than any other age group, folks under 35. Overall, President Biden's approval on the economy sits uh, at just 35%. You can see the job approval and the economic numbers are essentially starting to be uh, in line. Notably, despite Biden's efforts to tout strong job growth and GDP, a majority, 56%, believe there will be an economic recession during the next 12 months. Bottom line, Americans see rising costs as the single sign of pending economic doom. Even the White House with some serious political challenges on this issue. Because what it takes to lower inflation, it's not something you want to run on. Okay, so Chuck Todd, is uh, he's sad. He's upset. This ain't good. And by the way, I don't want the economy to tank. You may remember that very famous clip 
couple of years ago in the middle of the Trump presidency when things were going pretty damn well, when Bill Maher, who obviously was no Trump supporter, was saying that he would be happy if there was an economic disaster and a recession because that would get rid of Trump. Now, I don't want that to happen. I wish everything could turn around right now. I really do. And even if that meant that perhaps Joe Biden had to stick around longer, even though it's fairly obvious he's not going to be a two-term president if he even makes it that long, um, I would be okay with that because I'm an American first, right? So put aside partisan stuff or, or this, whatever I think of the administration or these clowns or Saki or the rest of them, I believe in America and I want good, decent Americans to be living a good life. But Chuck Todd's very depressed about this because he knows what that all leads to is his guys, the Dems, are losing power. Uh, and now I want to show you a little bit from Gallup, just in terms of that loss of influence within young people uh, by the Biden administration. This is the declines that have hit them since January 2021. This gets back to the Gen Z, Gen X, millennials thing. So Gen Z, it has hit uh, a negative 21 points since January 21 in terms of support for Biden. Millennials down 19%. And my guys, uh, Gen X, those middle-agers down 15%. Boomers are down uh, seven. Traditionalists are, are basically rocking the same and, and the total in essence is around 14 points down. This is good. You really under, have to understand this is good. It doesn't mean that all the things that are happening are good, right? Inflation's not good. The price of cost, uh, the price of goods is not good. Uh, whatever's going on with this war that we're either in or not in is not good. The endless printing of money is not good. We get all that. But that people that it's now, it's baked into the numbers now and numbers are real. These guys don't believe numbers are real, but numbers actually are real. The numbers going down show you that people are starting to wake up, that they have just had it. And perhaps it's not just the economic stuff, perhaps they've had it with the woke stuff and the gender stuff and the race stuff and all of the stuff stuff. And they've also had it with the pandemic stuff, but the administration has gone so deep that they cannot stop. They simply cannot stop. Uh, here is Biden COVID advisor Ashish Jha uh, saying how the pandemic just ain't over. Is COVID still a crisis? It is still a real challenge for our country, right? I mean, if you look at this, uh, we still have lots of people getting infected. 400 Americans are still, four or 500 Americans are still dying every day of this virus. Uh, and we have seen pretty substantial evolution of this virus over time. So the pandemic is not over uh, as much as we all wish it were. Um, we've, we're in much, much better shape than we were, but we've got to keep plugging away at managing this virus and getting it under better control so we can get back with, to our lives. Okay, so look, the pandemic is not over is a meaningless statement. Does COVID exist? Yes. Has it existed for two years? Yes. Have they fudged with the numbers? Yes. Have they lied about the ways that you can keep yourself safe? Yes. Have they took incredible overreach in terms of what you have to do with your own body and medical privacy, yes. Has this entire thing been a freaking disaster? Yes. And has two weeks to flatten the curve become over two years later, we're still talking about this nonsense because we wanna control you? Yes. So they still want more and more and more. And as I said, we're gonna get in a moment to the story about the judge, who by the way is a female. I think I implied she was a male, but again, I'm not a biologist. Um, we're going to get more to the judge, the federal judge here in Tampa, Florida, who said no more mask mandates. And now everyone's throwing them off. We all, we all played along with this and now everyone's just ripping them off just like that. But what does this lead to? This leads again to a theme that I've been talking about. If enough good liberals, whoever 
is out there that if you are just a good borderline liberal or someone who's not particularly political, you just have to not vote for Democrats right now. You must vote for Republicans for now, and then we can pick up the pieces after. That's where we're at. So I want to link that to one of the things that I've been talking about a lot over the last month, uh, something from uh, Bill Maher. As you know, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple weeks ago, and even he is actually starting to get it, and I am really doing my best to push him to fully accept the truth. I mean, I say this all the time because the uh, percentage of graft keeps getting higher and higher. Now, we found out recently that something like, oh, I'm going to get the number wrong. Maybe you can look it up on your magic light box. But like 20%, I think, of the uh, unemployment checks we passed out during COVID were complete fraud. A mere pittance. <laughs> 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 the uh, PPP. Yeah, oh my God. So what, many the, people got arrested the, for the, having Lamborghinis and shit. Right. I mean, J.K. <laughs> Rowling got money. No, she her, didn't. Yeah, for her Broadway show. What? Because if she didn't, she'd be living in her car, Joe. Ah, she got money from that? That's hilarious. Everybody got money. That Tom Brady got. So crazy. And, like, when you look at some of the percent, and, like, the number for uh, to build a house for the homeless in LA has risen to $837,000. A mere pittance, Bill Maher. <laughs> a mere pittance from these greedy so, billionaires so out there. We need to tax I'm, them all. If I'm complaining about that, again, to your point about a Republican idea, people would say, oh, you're complaining about government spending money. And my answer is, okay, but is there any number at which point I am not tipped over into the Republican side, right. that I can't complain about money that is just being stolen. Right. I mean, we. I, oh, I totally, <laughs> as a good liberal, I totally accept the notion that, as someone once said, you cannot transfer money except with a leaky bucket. I get it. It can't be perfect. But is it Twenty percent. But is there, is there no number for which I cannot remonstrate against right. this? Ah, he's so close. No, Bill, there is no number. Your guys, the guy that you supported Joe Biden, the party that you support, there is no number that will ever be enough. They make up the numbers. They pour money onto all of these programs that destroy the very place that you live in Los Angeles that has been destroyed by homelessness and drug use and crime, they usher in all of those things. And I get it, he's saying, well, I'm, he, in essence, he's saying, I'm a guilty liberal, so I still want to do these things. Get over it, man, like you gotta get over it. Otherwise, they will all show up at your multi-million dollar house one day. That's just how it is, and you'll have no one to blame but yourself when you call the police and say, boy, there's an awful lot of Antifa people and homeless people and everything else uh, climbing over the gate right now. I mean, I'm very, upset about this. Uh, also, I just want to say one sort of side thing, and maybe this is me at 45 years old. As I said, it is middle age. What can I do? Uh, and, and I guess having become a little more conservative uh, over the years, but there's something about watching people smoke pot and have a conversation that seems very so, sort of gross to me. I, I'm not against pot. And occasionally I smoke some weed and I watch Seinfeld and I go to bed. That's pretty much my pot experience these days. And, and people can smoke pot for any reasons they want. But there's something about like, you you got two guys here who are pretty freaking influential in the world. What's the reason that they have to get stoned to have that conversation? I don't know, do I, man, do I get, 
I sound like a stodgy old, I sound like Mr. Burns or something. Shit! All right, let's move on. Uh, the big story yesterday is that the federal mask mandate on planes is over. And let me just tell you, as a person who is about to go on tour, and I've got probably, I don't know, 20, 30 flights coming up in the next couple of weeks, I am freaking thrilled about this. Just two days ago, uh, coming back from Jersey for Passover, uh, I was reprimanded several times on the plane. I was woken up once to have the mask put above my nose. Um, I wanna also say that I have not complied in an airport in months and months, over a year. The second I get off the plane, I take off my mask. I'm very proud it was uh, Michael over there, who usually my producer who travels with me, who from day one was like, I'm just not doing it. And he got me to just not do it. And in the airports, I never did it. A lot of times I'd get high-fived by people or there's a nod of, of oh, you're an actual human being. Uh, and there's no, we were all policing ourselves the whole time. I never found that there were authorities looking for people. We were all doing it to ourselves the entire time. Well, a federal judge in Tampa has reversed this thing and suddenly everyone's ripping off the mask. So it's as if we all knew that it was bullshit. We all, everyone was doing it. We all knew it was bullshit. We were all afraid of being looked at or pointed at. Oh my God, you're a bad person. You break the rules. Anyway, uh, the machine, and again, let's get back to the theme. The theme is the machine ain't gonna stop, but I think a lot of people are gonna start paying less attention to the machine as they make decisions for themselves. So let's first do the machine part. Uh, here's Anthony Fauci, hopefully we're not gonna have to show much more of him, uh, praising China's lockdowns. How concerning is the outbreak in China? We see the lockdown in Shanghai and the State Department now ordering families out all non-essential workers out of Shanghai? Well, China has, has a number of problems, two of which are that their complete lockdown, which was their approach, a strictest lockdown that you'd never be able to implement in the United States. Although that prevents the spread of infection, and remember early on, they were saying, and I think accurately, that they were doing better than almost anybody else. But lockdown has its consequences. You use lockdowns to get people vaccinated so that when you open up, you won't have a surge of infections because you're dealing with an immunologically naive population to the virus because they've not really been exposed because of the lockdown. The problem is that the vaccines that they've been using are not nearly as effective as the vaccines that are used in the United States, the UK, EU, and other places. Fraud, the man is an absolute fraud. And let's just be clear about something. He is the highest paid person on the uh, federal government dole, okay? Can you get uh, Fauci's salary? I think it's about $450,000 a year. Federal government. So I, I hear a lot of people often say, he's given his life to science. He's just a man of science who wants to do good things. And it's like, he's made a fuckload of money while doing it, okay? I don't begrudge anyone making money, although I sort of begrudge uh, state employees doing it, especially state employees who are doing things to, to harm other people of the country. Uh, but yes, he makes $417,000 a year salary. He got a book deal, he got a Netflix deal. Think of all the speaking deals, the way he's worshiped wherever he goes. And he kind of admires China, the way they're using lockdowns to make things happen. But he says two interesting things there. He says lockdown prevents the spread of infection. Please find me a study that shows that. Please. Someone prove me wrong. I'm going out on tour, but I will do a show with my phone. 
I will do a selfie show to say, Anthony Fauci, I'm sorry. There is no evidence of it. And it's not just that there's no evidence of it. There is plenty of evidence that lockdowns caused a hundred other problems, economic problems, depression, alcoholism, all of those things. So he just lied about that. And then he goes, they were saying they were doing better than anyone else. Oh, you don't say the authoritarian communist Chinese government was saying if they lock down their people and we showed you last week the video of all the people in Shanghai screaming that are trapped in their homes with no food or running water or working toilets. You don't say that the Chinese government that loves to control people just the way our government would love to if there wasn't enough of us who would fight. Um, and thank God that there are. Uh, that they they might lie. You think that they might? Is it possible? Am I nuts that the communists might lie about some stuff? Well, sorry, Fauci, because your authoritarian control is going away and it's going away in real time. Uh, that is right. A district, a middle district judge of Florida, Tampa Division. We've got some info here. The court has declared unlawful the, vac uh, the mask mandate and vacates the mask mandate remanding it to the CDC for further proceedings consistent with this order. So just, you really need to understand what just happened here. All it took was one federal judge. I don't know who this federal judge is. Do we have a name? Can I get a name on this chick? This chicker dude, although I'm told she's a woman. Um, I want a name. I'm told she's appointed by, she was appointed by that orange man, scary Donald Trump. But do you see what happened here? One person, one judge, we got a lot of federal judges in this country. One federal judge finally said enough is enough. And now we all know we're in a better situation. We all know we're in a better situation. We'll get her name in just a second. Here is video of people taking their masks off on a plane, just as it is announced. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. It's beautiful and it's also very scary at the exact same time because here you have all these people, whether it's the pilot who's an employee, whether it's all the people who are on the plane, they all did what they were supposed to do. They were all good citizens and they behaved all day long and you get a cookie and you're good, meaning you put the mask on, you sat there quietly, you didn't talk, you never said hi to a neighbor anymore or any of those things. We destroyed so much of the fabric of our societies and we did it because we were all policing ourselves and there just wasn't enough of us willing to say enough is enough. Uh, so that's the sad part about it. But then the, the beautiful part is people don't wanna live like this anymore. And finally, one person did something and one person's decision uh, started freeing the people. And dare I link this back to that Moses guy and the Passover story. I think there's a little something there. I really do. And dare I link this back to Elon Musk fighting Twitter and the machine. One guy can do something. The judge's name, by the way, is Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel. She is 35 years old. She is a young lady. She is a Trump appointed judge and she God bless that woman. I want to meet that woman. We're going to the courthouse tomorrow. If anyone wants to meet me at the Tampa Bay courthouse tomorrow, I'm just going to be, I'm going to show up. I'm going to bring her a coffee or something. Uh, but people have wanted this for a long time and we all knew it was the right thing to do. And this doesn't preclude you from wearing a mask on a plane if you want to. You can wear a mask and a face shield and you can wrap your head in saran wrap and continue to do all of those things if you so wish. You can do all of those things, okay? 
but everyone's wanted to get rid of it. This is video uh, from a little while ago, the Delta CEO talking about how enough is enough, but he just didn't have the power. I guess he could have put his neck out there, but he just didn't have the power in his mind to do anything about it. We think from the pandemic stage to the endemic stage, and we need to learn how to live with it without being so restrictive. Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastian also pointing to the challenges his own crew members face. Are you comfortable with your passengers dropping masks now? I think our customers are comfortable uh, dropping masks. I think our employees are tired of wearing masks. Our employees, especially on those on board those flights, are tired of policing masks. It's interesting what he's saying there because you don't become the Delta CEO without having some power. It's like, how do you become the Disney CEO? You have to know how to do business. You have to have a pretty good resume. So he's asked, you know, like, do you want to get rid of this? Is in essence what he's being asked. Well, everyone else wants to get rid of it. We're trying to figure it out. But imagine if he as a CEO would have just said, hey, me and my airline, we're not going to comply. And then six months ago, we would have sort of sort of started this war between airlines and the CDC. I think we could have got out of this thing much much earlier. So again, one person, the Delta CEO is one guy, the Tampa Bay federal judge is one gal, Elon Musk is one guy. This, am I, am I, am I making myself clear today? I feel like I'm making myself clear today. It's an, am I beating this thing into the, the ground? Yeah. Uh, but it's not just that we have to push back. We have to keep asking questions of the people who are the liars and who has been basically the chief architect of the lies lately, of course, it is this Jen Psaki. Oh, and by the way, uh, as you guys know, since I'm going out on tour tonight, I think what we're gonna do on all tour stops is every time I say Saki on stage, everyone has to drink. People are gonna be wasted within five minutes. I think that's what we're gonna do. It's the Saki drinking game, okay? And I'll do it too. Like, I'm gonna have some tequila on stage. If I say Saki, let's roll. Uh, anyway, this audio leaked of her going after Peter Ducey uh, at this show she was doing. And just, she's just, ugh, I do not like this woman. Okay, before we go, yeah. I have to ask you a question. Okay. Because we have to talk about Peter Ducey for one second. Sure. Okay. Okay. Is he a stupid son of a bitch? Or does he play a stupid son of a bitch on TV? <laughs> okay, um... Well, um, he works for a, a network okay. that um, provides people with questions that nothing personal to any individual, including Peter Ducey, but might make anyone sound like a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> She's just awful. Like, Jen Psaki, you're just an awful person. And when you leave this job, you're still going to be an awful person. You're going to be an awful host at MSNBC. Nobody watches. MSNBC. By the way, I'm very proud to tell you guys that in the last couple of weeks, our numbers have absolutely exploded. Our numbers here last month was our best month ever on YouTube, despite the fact that we're blowing up on Rumble. And I'm really trying to push everybody over to Rumble and to the blaze. Uh, our numbers last month on YouTube were like 25% higher than ever before. Our live streams each day are averaging about 200,000 views at this point by the end of the day, uh, which they would kill for at CNN. I got three guys that work for me and I give them Chipotle. That's all I do. Okay. Uh, nobody is paying attention to these people anymore, but it's just the smugness. It's the smugness. You know, Peter Ducey, the guy's actually asking legit questions. And why does she think that he's a son of a bitch? Or why does she think that the network executives that he works for are sons of bitches? It's because she doesn't want to say anything true. And people who like to lie for a living or who it, 
who their primary driver is to lie and to propagandize. They don't like people who do that. Peter Ducey has done nothing other than ask legit questions. How many videos have we showed you guys right here? So again, this is a good sign. Watching the approval ratings tank of Joe Biden, good sign people waking up. Exposing the nonsense of Jen Psaki, good sign. Mask mandates going away, good sign. Things are happening. So let's end on hope. How do you do it? Well, you take, say, the DeSantis Yunkin playbook, right? DeSantis, obviously governor here in Florida. Yunkin, Glenn Yunkin, obviously governor in Virginia. You take the playbook of fighting the system and you fight it because they too are just one man, each one of them. One man who said enough is enough, I'm gonna fight for the right things. So if you wanna see a little bit about what's going on right here in Florida right now, I've referenced this a couple times on the show, but the, the registration, the party registration here is just phenomenal what's going on here in Florida. We've got MCI maps, uh, some info from MCI maps. How has the voter registration in Florida changed from October 2020 to February 2022? Florida went from a 0.9 Democrat advantage to a 0.6 GOP advantage. Republicans have improved across all counties except for Seminole. So this is a great sign. The numbers are something like, it was something like a 200,000 uh, voter registration advantage for Dems when DeSantis took office and it's something like 80,000 more Republicans right now. Now again, I don't even say that to be partisan. I say that to be sane. That's all I mean by that, that you just cannot vote for Democrats anymore who have ushered in all of this complete nonsense. And of course, you guys all know the, the Glenn Youngkin situation that Glenn Youngkin won because he, in effect, uh, fought back against critical race theory. Even Politico had to admit it, Republican Glenn Youngkin won the Virginia governor's race, a sign of the GOP's comeback after losing the presidency and the Senate in last election. And what did that entire race boil down to? It boiled down to parents not wanting their kids to be taught racism, critical race theory, which in essence is neo-racism in school. So people can wake up, they are waking up, and I am looking forward to getting out on the road and talking to you awake, but not woke people. We got a cold close for you. I wanna to get to a couple comments and then I'll just have a couple more thoughts on the tour. And then I'm out of here for a little bit. I'm gonna miss the freaking show. I've been loving it more than ever, truly, truly. Uh, Pat says, Bill Maher is sitting in front of the red curtain from Twin Peaks. This may explain his ideological inconsistencies. I never watched Twin Peaks. What does that mean? I have no, did you watch Twin Peaks? You watch Twin Peaks. Does it mean something? Does the reference make sense? Yes, I'm getting a thumbs up that your reference makes sense. It's, it's lost on me. Red curtain, Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's a little bit of, I'll do a curtain thing for you. It's a little bit of the curtain in Wizard of Oz in that Bill Maher has seen what's going on behind the curtain, but then he keeps putting the curtain back. That's a curtain reference that I can do, right? He's seeing that the Democrat party is all bullshit. He's seeing that the policies are all nonsense. He's seeing that the vote, the people he's voting for are destroying the life that he wishes to lead. But then he's seeing it and he's going, oh shit. And then he pulls the curtain back. So curtains, but okay, I'm gonna do a little more research on this red curtain, Twin Peaks. I've heard Twin Peaks is good. Uh, Tyler says, I'll definitely miss Dave's direct messages while on tour. It helps keep me sane. Okay, so here's the deal. I will be back on May 2nd because then we have about a 10-day break before I hit the final leg of the tour. Um, and then we may add some sporadic stops. But I, uh, the truth is, as much as I love touring and I'm so psyched to get out there tonight, um, you know, we have kids coming and I want to 
try to enjoy my last bit of the life that I've known for quite some time. And, you know, we're in a new house in a new state here and I want to enjoy a little bit of, uh, of the beginning of the summer and all that here and, and get some things in order. Uh, so we will be back May 2nd. But by the way, my guys are going to be coming with me on tour and we're going to be taping stuff and I think we'll do some behind the scenes things and we'll try to do some, uh, some live stream stuff. I think we'll probably keep as much of that uh, just on locals. That That's the beauty of being a locals member. You know, you guys can basically be on on the road with me. So we'll try to do a lot over there. Uh, Amy says, I'll be front row VIP tomorrow in Clearwater. Do I get a two second hug? Ah, you know, the thing is with the hugs, Amy, if I say right now, Amy, you get the two second hug, then everyone wants the two second hug. This goes back to say fourth grade. You bring the cupcakes for your birthday. You know what I'm talking about, right? You bring the cupcakes and you got four good friends and you say, mom, I want to bring, you know, John and Bob and Jim and Ted the cupcakes. I don't want everybody to have the cupcakes. But then what do they always say? No, you have to bring everybody the cupcakes they, because they don't want that kid that nobody likes to not have a cupcake. So the problem is if I give you the two second hug, uh, then I got to give it to everybody. But this is my last day in studio and you're a good woman, Amy. And all right, anyone named Amy tomorrow at the Clearwater show, I will give the two second hug to you. Michael, can you make note of that in the official tour document? Thank you. Okay. Guys, if you want to join me on tour, it kicks off tonight in West Palm. There's a couple tickets left. You can join me and Donald Trump Jr., DaveRubin.com slash events. And then I'm just bouncing all over the place. I think I got eight shows in a row. It's going to be a crazy eight days. Uh, crazy eight days. That's right. West Palm, Clearwater, Raleigh, North Carolina, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, D.C., West Nyack, Brea, Oxnard, San Jose, Phoenix, Denver, and Orlando. And reminder, again, Orlando, trust me, you were you want to fly in if you don't live in Florida or take a road trip. You want to come to this show. It is going to be the perfect way to end this thing. I can announce the guest on May 2nd, but tickets are already selling fast because I've been hinting at it. Uh, you want to come to this one. You want to come to this one. Um, it's in Orlando. You want to come to this show. You got it, people? Uh, part one of my interview with Carrie Lake. She is running for governor of Arizona, Trump endorsed candidate. Really liked her, really like outspoken. You know, when you meet one of these people that just says what they think, she just says what she thinks. Part one is up on uh, on YouTube right now. Full thing's up over on Locals. And uh, all right, I'm, I'm a little melancholy now that I have to head out on tour because uh, I'm gonna miss you good people, but I hope to see as many of you as possible. One more time, in case you have not been listening for the last month, join me out on the road, daverubin.com slash events. Every single ticket comes with a book. And uh, if, you, if you bring the book up to me during the meet and greet, I'll sign it for you because that's the type of guy I am. There you go. Uh, thank you guys for watching. I've really enjoyed the shows over the last couple weeks, more than ever, truly. And I have no doubt that I'll come back sort of fresh and refreshed and with new thoughts after meeting people. You know, that's the thing. When you actually get out there and meet people and travel the country, it starts sparking some thoughts. So if, you, if you've enjoyed what's been going on over the last couple of months, I think it will be uh, doubly enjoyable if I do say my, so myself when I get back. So I thank you guys for watching. I'm looking forward to getting out there and uh, meeting you. And we leave you with a cold close. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.